I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Come and get poked by the fun stick. It's another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, literally lounging in the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. <laughs> you bringing that, bringing that one back? Yeah, yeah, I can bring it back. Do it I, mean, I failed at bringing Wizard back, but there's still time. <laughs> There's still there's still time. We got nothing but time. So you know what? Wizard, Wizard's coming back. Friends, this is episode 199. T- 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 I don't know. It's episode 199. Today, Junior. <laughs> Today, Junior. Episode 199 T because we will not be celebrating episode 200 until such time as we can properly commemorate it, like by being in person or not having to wear a mask while we're in each other's presence. We're not having to be that concerned about socially distancing, which none of those things will be happening anytime soon. Nope. No, they will not. Sidebar, if you're on the Toronto Transit Commission, don't sit in front of me, don't sit to the left of me, and don't sit behind me and openly eat your Popeyes. Oh my God, what? All of you at once. Three fucking people to the front. To the front, to the front, to the left, to the left, to the back, to the back. All of them. Mask pulled down, eating a fucking sandwich, sipping a coffee. And I'm sitting there literally doing the math going, oh, I'm a white man, 43, no criminal record, no previous offenses, first offense. If I just straight backhand this dude in the back of the head, what what am I, like community service? Is that what I'm looking at? I literally asked the managers at Major Canadian Retailer when I got in. I was like, do you think this would affect my employment? And he was like, I don't want to say it wouldn't, but maybe not. I'm like, fair. Point is, don't eat on the fucking bus, you idiots. I wish that there was some sort of masked crusader that would go around just slapping food out of people's faces. That would be my dream. Should I be that caped crusader? I'm not going to encourage or discourage this idea. Friends, if you want to go back and listen to any of our other 199 episodes or any of our other episode 199s, just go wherever you get your just go wherever you get your audio content, you asshole. Your Spotify's, your Google's, your Apple's. Friends, I don't know what was up with Spotify this week. It took like an extra day to get updated, but I mean, I assure you that was on them. Swedes. <laughs> it always hits there eventually. Why? Because the second you hit follow, daps, subscribe, henceforth. New episodes of this program will be brought to your device by your mans. Shanti Frostilicus III, geek down internet elf. Oh my god, girl. He's plus just... lord. Plus lord? Lord of what? Yeah. Lord of what? Uh, some elven kingdom. All I don't right. know, you're going to have to ask him. <laughs> girl, he's just going to slap those episodes directly into your device. You don't have to do anything. Caitlin, do you want to hear something amazing? I do, actually. I was out uh, taking a cute walk. Okay. And I heard I heard a kerfuffle behind me, and I turned, and I saw a chihuahua in a fleece hoodie <laughs> scurry by me. And I went, hello, cutest dog ever. 
And his owner went, everybody loves Chauncey. <gasps> oh, my God. Everybody does love Chauncey. There's a little Chauncey named Chauncey. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> we don't understand. Friends, do you understand? Maybe you can let us know by any of our social medias, primarily Twitter. Get above Twitter. That's where we hang out the most. And Kate, I have to take a moment yeah. here for Twitter. A little Twitter break, a little tweet break. Because I've been meaning to shout out this person for a while. I don't know this person. I don't even know if I know this person's real name. But she's at Frappe underscore monster on Twitter. I believe she's from Boston. Huge K-pop fan. And it doesn't matter what I tweet. This girl will like it. Or reply to it. I feel so seen and so beloved by you at Frappe Monster. <laughs> Even went so far as when I shared segments from Kate's annual birthday missive, where Kate hunts down images of inanimate objects that she feels look like me. This year it was rocks. Uh, one year, one year it was cats. Was it cats? It's been it's been bags. So. It's been a melange at times. She's gone. She's gone with dedicated themes in recent years. This year was rocks. Uh, Frappe Monster retweeted it with the quote, get on this friendship level. We appreciate you, Frappe <laughs> Monster. We do. We are and very, your name. We are sorry all of your K-pop concerts got canceled this year. That you were feeling the pain, but, as we are all feeling. Uh, but yeah, find us on Twitter. You can go to Facebook. But why, God, why would you ever? Why would you ever? Every so often, I uh, just see some Facebook chicanery still. Like you realize, oh, guy I kind of knew in high school, yes, you are a full-on Trump supporter. Like, you know what? Why am I even here? Why am I here? You know what I found out? <laughs> Do tell. I found out that the one with images. Instagram? Yeah, that's one. Uh, it's just basically images. People don't really, they don't like post things. On Instagram? Yeah. Oh, they're trying. Oh, no, don't tell me that. It's the tech. No, you can filter them out pretty easily. Like, I can remove those people from my life very easily. The people who are just constantly throwing up text memes and, like, nothing else. Like, there are people who will use Instagram just to be, like, you know, a screen cap of a tweet and throw that up. There's a lot of meme accounts that do that sort of thing. Um, it's not nearly as bad as Facebook. Facebook is a trash fire. It's just, there's just so much on Facebook. Just, like, people writing so much. And I feel like pictures. This is where I'm at in my life. <laughs> Just pictures. Just yeah. give me pictures. Friends, if you want to help this program financially, so maybe Caitlin can get a, you know, an iPhone 12 Pro or something so she can take uh, fantastic photos for her new Instagram account, you could buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. We would discourage it. Keep your money. Keep, Keep your money. money. The holidays are coming. You could buy your man's a copy of the Neil Gaiman Reader. You could. I'm not saying you have to, but you could. I don't know what Kate wants yet, but you could do that too. Um, I would like people to be nicer to one another. Kate, that doesn't cost money. And stop being racist. Also doesn't cost money. But maybe I could add incentives. <laughs> like if at this level of not being a racist... You get a cookie. Do you want to hold a pledge drive for racism? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, hey, nothing else has worked so far, okay? <laughs> oh, Who no. knew? Who knew all this time the answer was tote bags? All we needed. 
<laughs> we need to solve racism was a topic. <sighs> Friends, this is a single topic episode for spoop season as we wrap up spoop season. We'll be talking about vampires versus the Bronx in the later half of the show. But I told Kate, I told Kate I had stories and I have, I, I willfully kept all these stories to myself as they were happening so that I would just share them with the pod and give, and give Kate the hottest of takes. It's not every yeah, day. I don't, I don't usually get the hottest of takes. It's not every day. Not every day I get to give Kate the hottest takes. No. And I would like some hot takes. I'm very cold. I have cold feet right now and it sucks. <laughs> Listen, I'm out here being cute, and I can say again with confidence that y'all women got feet like icicles sometimes. It's true. I'm actually, I have socks and slippers on, and I'm under the covers. (laughs) I'm so cold. That tracks. I'm like part lizard. (laughs) So, um, it was my birthday on Monday. Sorry for the late episode. I told you in advance. I was not editing an episode on my birthday. Um... My birthday was lovely. Thank you for everyone who sent regards. Um, It was started off wonderfully by uh, somebody who is cute, doing cute stuff with me and bringing me a pie at 6.15 in the morning on her way into work because pie over cake. Pie over cake. Pie over cake. Uh, It was coconut cream. It was awesome. And so the birthday was good, but it's not the birthday I want to talk about. It's yesterday, Saturday. So I had the weekend off this weekend which is a rarity anymore since I've gone back to work at major Canadian retailer. And it was theoretically on Saturday record store day. And you're like, Jordan, I've been listening to this podcast for like three years now. Record store day doesn't happen in October. It happens in April. I've heard your insanity about record store day. And I would say, yes, friends, you're correct. But as with everything else this year, pandemic. So record store day traditionally was one day in April, an event to drive traffic to independent uh, record stores to celebrate them, to drive traffic and sales by offering limited edition releases. You know, some nerd comes out and wants to hear like some, get some Bob Dylan bootleg that they don't already have like 15 copies of the same songs. Like, you know, come on out. Ugh. But because of the pandemic, instead of doing that one day in April, they kind of spread it out over three days in three months. So the last Saturdays in August, September and October, This was the last one. This was the only one that had anything I was interested in, which was a single LP repressing of Pinata by Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. Back on my hip hop shit. Back on that hip hop shit. But it was the only thing I was randomly interested in. And you know what that means. When it's time to hit up record store day, you put out the bat signal and you call Leah the Brazilian. Leah the Brazilian Mm -hmm. never needs an excuse to come out for record store day. And she was looking for, what was she looking for? Um... The Virgin Suicide soundtrack. She's got a real thing for, like, Sofia Coppola soundtracks, and they've been offering one on Record Store Day, like, the past few years. They did Lost in Translation a couple years ago. Cool. Now the Virgin Suicides, and she's biding her time till uh, Marie Antoinette gets gets added. She's here for that one. And also, she really had a, a bugaboo for this uh, Charles Mingus record that got repressed, because Leah and I always make the jokes about Leah and or Jordan's coffee house. I love it. You know, where you records you buy for the coffee house. You know, for just your, your sit-down reading time, or like she she's a she's a dub FH type, so something to play in the background while she's you know answering emails or attending Teams calls. So we're in line. I was hoping because this has been spread out over so many months that the line wouldn't be that insane. We went to rotate this in Toronto, which generally goes ham on everything, and is usually mm-hmm. we've done the years where we've hit every shop, 
And usually we just always end up a rotate this and are amazed at how they just seem to get the shit that we didn't see anywhere else. Was not the case this year. We'll get into that in a moment. Also, when you go to rotate this, if you were there when open, it was a fucking madhouse. It was like the New York Stock Exchange. It was like just people mashed on each other, like elbows up. Frankly, it was foul. It was a very foul experience. Oh, Um, my God. But, again, I was thinking this might be the record store day experience of my life because it's 10 people in at a time, at any one time, and you got 15 minutes. That's it. Wow. Go in, get your shit, get out. So, amazing. So, the line was not that bad. It seemed long, but it was, you know, socially distancing. So, it was kind of going around the corner. So, we're standing at this corner off of Ossington Street in Toronto. And I meet up with Leah. And we're saying, hey, what's up? And Leah looks over over my shoulder at this patio across the street. And she goes, oh, my God, is that Jason Momoa? And you're saying, <gasps> you're saying, why would she even say that? Well, I don't know why. But Jason Momoa is in the city. And well, I can tell you exactly why. Do you know why he's here? Because we didn't know. I know 100% why he's here. This is really weird, but I know actually why he's here. But we'll get to that in a second. Okay, we'll answer that question later. But Leah has had Momoa on the brain ever since Aki from Cosmos posted a photo of him and Momoa, like, chilling out of the shop. Yeah. Momoa apparently went to Cosmos and was like, you know, even big upped it on his IG story. was like, you know, my favorite record store in the city. Thanks, Aki. I learn a lot every time I'm here. So I was like, holy shit. Number one, Momoa's back in the city. He's been around before. I remember him getting, like, spotted at, before the world exploded. He was around a lot, like, eating brunch at the Gladstone and shit. And at first I turn around and I look, and I just see some dude in a hat. And I'm like, Linda, that's not – sorry, I call her Linda. But it's like, Linda, <laughs> Linda, that's not – you just got Momoa on the brain. That's just a dude with a beard and a hat. And she's like, no, not that guy, the guy behind him. And I look, and I see, a, like, a, <laughs> I see a bigger beard and hat. <laughs> And, and like, sort of a, a golden glow. For, further tucked into the corner, and I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, damn, Leah, you might be right. And now she's, like, losing it. And she's like, she's like, oh, my God, should we go over? I'm like, dude's eating. I don't play that. Like, yeah, it's cool that he's here. It's cool to see him. But I'm not, I'm not going over to, like, chat him up when he's eating in a pandemic. And then, rounding the corner, it's the homie Hisa from Cosmos Records. <laughs> hey! And we say, oh, hey, what's up, Isa? What are you doing here? You, you doing record store day? He's like, yeah, I got to buy some stuff for the Hollywood guy. Oh. <laughs> so like running errands for Momoa <laughs> to get these like Miles Davis pressings that were being offered for record store day. So we're like chit-chatting about that. And for a half second, I was like, oh, man, maybe like we told Isa. I was like, I think he's right over there. I was like, oh, man, maybe we'll get the end. Maybe we'll get the. Maybe we'll get the intro, you know, whatever. We did not. He did, however, walk directly past us on his way by. And number one, so he had, like, the bandana up and, you know, the the hat pulled down low or whatever. But I saw him. I saw him dart his eyes into the store. Because you're a real one, Momoa. You're a real one. You know. Real ones know. You always got to look. Also, that dude is mad tall. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he is. And I make fun. I make fun of Leah the Brazilian because she's Leah the Brazilian. But I'm not going to say I didn't wonder what it would be like to get a hug from Jason Momoa. <laughs> it would be amazing, like, and hopefully he smells nice. I was like, God damn, that probably sounds. He smells like patchouli. You know, he smells like patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way Jason Momoa doesn't smell like patchouli. 
or whatever Lisa Bonet's perfume is. And I'm frankly fine with either. Um, so that, that was my story. Number one, randomly passing Aquaman in line at a record store. Um, what, why is he here, Caitlin? He is here because, and I can't say how I know this, but he's, uh, working on, and I don't know what part of it he's working on or what he plays or whatever on the movie version of little Nemo in slumberland. Really? Yeah. Wow. Look at you with the inside tips. I know. I know. It's so wild. Yeah, tell me, tell me off Mike, how you know that. I, I will. I will tell you off Mike. I can't unfortunately say to, not, not that we have, you know, our, our, our millions of viewers. listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just because the, I don't want the person to, who told me to get in trouble. Yada, right, yada, right, yada. Right. Um, but yeah, that's why he's, I mean, there could be, other reasons as well why he's in town, but I know that that some of the taping is happening now and a little bit later in the year and early next year. So, well, there you go, Toronto. Keep your eyes out. He's not shy about walking these streets. He's, yeah, he's very easy to spot. <laughs> he's very tall and he has sort of a glow and he smells of patchouli. <laughs> or Lisa Bonet. And there, and there, you you might also spot a unicorn. <laughs> you might spot Jason Momoa riding a unicorn. So after my Momoa encounter, my mowing Momoa encounter, I parted ways with Leah the Resilient and had some time to kill. I was meeting another friend that evening, get some sushi takeout and such. And I was meeting them in the East End over on the uh, Danforth area and had some time to kill and took this opportunity to swing by uh, Dead Dog Records in the Church Wellesley Village in Toronto, a.k.a. the Gay Village. Um, I've only been to this shop one other time in my life. I went back in February, and I'd always kind of meant to go back because I was stunned by the disco boogie offerings they had that were very reasonably priced. I don't know why I was taken aback by the idea that a record shop in the Gay Village would have a very <laughs> stacked boogie and disco <laughs> selection. Yeah, I don't know why you'd be surprised. Uh, I don't think sometimes. So I make my way down there, and also it has to be said, it was a gorgeous day yesterday here in Toronto. You want your you want your full autumnal like, don't need like your stupid parka, but just like you know, a, it's a real it was a real uh, you know puffy vest fleece turtleneck type of type of vibe on Saturday. Um, not for me, I don't wear turtlenecks. I'm a fat man, but making my way down, just feeling good. If I go to the shop, open the door, they have a copy of Pinata. One lone copy of Pinata by Freddie Gibbs and Madlib, which was the thing I was looking for that day. Rotate didn't have it. This place did. I'm delighted. I see another record, this old jazz record I used to love, $5. Again, delighted. Flipping through their their 12-inch bins. So I'm thinking, well, if it's here, if it's anywhere, it might be here. And oh my God, this random Canadian disco boogie track a woman named Tracy Weber. They got the 12-inch. Seven bucks. A little steep for me for a 12-inch, but it's not available in any other format. So, yoink. You, it sounds like it was a very productive day. Very delighted by all of this. But, Caitlin, none of this, none of my experience at Dead Dog Records was as delightful as, as I'm sitting there and I'm cashing out. And I hear something that sounds familiar. And it's clearly, it's a chopped and screwed version of something. And it's like slowed down. The beat's a little slower. I'm like, I know this. I know what this is, though. 
and I holler over and I was like, fellas, what are we listening to right now? And the guy who's at the laptop is like, oh, this is blah, blah. I don't remember the name of the group. He's like, but it's a, it's a Japanese sample slowed down. He's like, I said, yeah, it's like, I can't place it. He's like, he says, yeah, it's Junko. I said, yes, Junko, it's dancing by Junko Ohashi. And this man lit up Caitlin. And for the next 25 minutes, <laughs> Wade and I. <laughs> Your new fr- best friend, Wade. My new best friend, Wade and I. <laughs> Chopped it up about City Pop. I have post-it notes covered with the names of bands I should check out. He's got a link to the HMV English site. Like <laughs> The poor other dude working the counter was like, I want to die right now. <laughs> Get these fucking nerds away from me. <laughs> it was amazing. And I actually bought, I got, right, before I went to Dead Dog, I went to Play to Record because they were having a sale. And they had, um they had this pressing of another, like I bought, basically I bought a city pop record that day. So when he's like, Oh man, I just, I, I love old eighties, seventies, eighties, Japanese stuff. I think it's so great. And I'm like, funny. You should say that friend. Look what else I bought today. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. Whoa. Where'd you get that? And I wow. turned into that dude. I hate at record stores. <laughs> I became that dude. I was just talking what about, dude? You know, if it's like if it's like some dude at a record store talking to the staff about like, oh yeah, man, you got to get the you gotta get the German pressing of White Snake. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best, man. The Scorpions no, fucking fu- no, love no, that it's shit. Not the same. It's, no, when girl, you, it's it, kind of the same. It is not the same because you are informing some of someone who's really interested in stuff about. Hey, this is these are some of the names you should look out for. These are some of the, like, actual things that will be able to get your hands on that record. You weren't comparing notes about what pressing was the best. There are levels. I I did have to watch myself where he was, like, rattling off, you know, stuff he had. And I was just like, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I got that. I got that. Do you got this? Oh, you don't got that? Mm. Sorry, Wade. You go on HMV. You get that. They, re- they pressed it last year. <sighs> scuff, scuff my okay, shine, shine, like shine my fingernails on my on my jacket. You know, <laughs> it was just, it was just wild that like you know, <laughs> I'm telling him about like oh yeah I got like two discogs orders coming in I bought that blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> we swapped Instagrams. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, it was real, Kate. Like, I I'm gonna be out. You're gonna have a, a podcast with Wade about the, city pop. The geek down, the new the I'm new. Gonna be relegated. It's gonna be the new geek down with Jordan Wade. Yeah, Jordan Wade. No, <laughs> it's actually sad. No, stop it! I guarantee you, talking to, you, lecturing you about city pop is is that is way will always be way more fun. So yeah, that was that was my weekend. How was your weekend? Uh, it was fun. <laughs> it was great. Um, I, I, we did chores. We did errands and we did chores. Um, I've been pretty honest about this, so there's no reason not to continue. I was not feeling well this week. Uh, pain and, and exhaustion and, uh, depression. Yeah. Our old friend. I have crippling depression. Hello, old friend. Welcome back. I thought I'd set you on fire and kick you down hey, that large valley. Carl. Hey, Carl. 
Good to see you. Hey, Carl. Um, yeah, so that's never fun. Especially because it's not even gotten that dark yet. Did I hear a rumor that they were actually thinking of uh, just staying on Daylight Savings Time? This has been floated. I mean, I no, Th- like Thus removing 4 p.m. sunsets from our lives? I'm pretty sure there is a private member's bill getting floated. But with the stipulation that Quebec and New York State have to be on board. Cool. Is that going to happen? Quebec. I don't know. And I also, I'm like, is it just New York State? Like, is there not, do we not get some, need to get some other states involved in this discussion? Um, but maybe it's because something to do with how much traffic and trade is done with New York State. I, I don't know. But I, I just know that some of the stipulations were uh, at least what, Quebec and New York State, I don't think I saw any other states, needed Man. to also agree. So it's definitely not happening this year. If it does, I'd be very surprised. No, my problem is that usually when it gets dark and crappy, you have things to look forward to, right? Halloween, totally usually look forward to that. Not that I'm not looking forward to Halloween, but like, it's not the same. We all know that. Uh, Second thing, um, uh, you know, I, I actually enjoy Christmas. I know a lot of people don't. It's not my favorite holiday, but I do enjoy it. It's going to be very different, obviously. Uh, third is that, you know, usually Canadians, if you can afford to travel, by and large, you would travel in the, you know, the dark, crappy months, and you would go somewhere nice and hot. And that is not an option anymore. Nope. So now you just have to brace for the dark and the cold. And I think what's going to happen is everyone's going to get very roly-poly because <laughs> we're all going to shove cake in our faces or pie. Pie. Pie above cake. Only pie. Pie over cake. Um, and you can have pie for any meal. Uh, as someone who ate an entire pie himself <laughs> yeah. this week, I, I concur. Yes, you can. You have pie for any meal. Um, so, yeah, I I think, I don't know if it was just that. It's not a realization. Like, I'm not, like, just today, like, oh, wow, winter's going to be hard. <laughs> um, but I don't know if it was a combination of things or uh, for those listeners who don't know, I have endometriosis. So there's a lot of pain. And some people's reactions to it, I'm not going to name names, is like, have you gone to see a doctor or you should go see a doctor? <laughs> I was like, I literally had surgery. Thanks, These tips. are people who know this. <laughs> um, so I've literally had surgery. It's there's no cure. Um, and it's very like, Oh, so what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, take pain meds and hope for the best. And they're like, you know, pain meds won't cure it. I'm like, I will set you on fire. And you will be right to do so. So it's sort of that frustration of there is, it's hard when you, it, I hate to call it an invisible illness because there are much worse ones, but like depression and other things where you don't have no outward facing proof. symptoms. Yeah. There's nothing you can point to, to be like, look at this pain I'm in. This bone is hanging out. I, of like, my unless arm. I, like, <laughs> yeah. Unless I carry around, you know, my, 
uterine scan with me. I'm like, here, take a see all this black stuff. That's that's my endometrial tissue growing everywhere. Like, you know, there's no way from, especially when it's not even pain. It's just, I can't even explain the exhaustion associated with it. And people are like, oh, why are you tired? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not tired, Karen or Joanne or Leslie. I'm physically exhausted um and they're like you should sleep more i'm like i i will sleep anymore if i sleep anymore i'll be dead sharon yes so i i don't know if it was a combination of just like still having to deal with those comments um or having to like navigate that and also the weather's not been particularly great we had this amazingly warm day on Friday. You got one day. I got one day. It was just bizarrely warm on Friday. When you know, like, oh, there's good, there's an issue with the environment kind of warm. <laughs> um, and the weather all weekend's been terrible. I'm sorry. I don't agree. Like, for us, maybe it's just different in Hamilton, but we've had two days of it being very dark and gray and rainy and cold. And it's supposed to be like that the entire week. So, yeah, that's that's how my weekend's been. My weekend's been, like, recovering from, like, pain and depression and fatigue. And I'm like, yeah. Cool. But you know what helps with all those things, Jordan? Ooh, tell me, Caitlin. Content. Content. And because we don't have news. There's, there's really nothing. I mean, I guess the, I guess the Borat thing was probably uh, the only real sort of news that we might have cared about that eh. that dropped, but I mean, maybe I'll get to that at some point. Eh. Basically, Rudy, basically, Rudy Giuliani is on film being creepy in the new Borat movie, like, ten days before the election comes out. Eh. Is, is anyone surprised by Rudy Giuliani being creepy? I mean, I don't think so. No. No. <laughs> that that like that a and piranha Qu- man. That and Quibi shut down. Rip Quibi. Who thought that was going to... Oh, man. Who couldn't have predicted that was going to tank. And I'm also seeing here that the second season of Great Pretender is going to drop on November 25th. So... Cool. If y'all stayed with Great Pretenders, I don't think either Kate and I did. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get to it. I'll get to it at some point. Someone, someone told me that I have to check out Utopia. I've heard it. I've heard that in the third day get tossed around a bunch. Um... But here, the third day is really violent, so I don't know if I have that energy in my life right now. Uh, I don't quite know. Utopia got a real, like, Utopia might be more our wheelhouse, just from, like, the 15-second ad I've seen. Well, uh, I know someone's watching it on my Amazon. Uh, so whoever you are. Uh, just, I'm not... don't flaunt that. What? Don't flaunt that we're all milking your Amazon. <laughs> Hey, I am going to cost Bezos as much money as possible while also paying Bezos, okay? We're, like, all, I... we're all one big family. We're like Mormons. Yeah. We just live separately. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I might check that out because I am looking for a show. But just to update everybody, K 
continuing to try and watch Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. It has become very difficult. I was going to say, you, 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 must be into the, you must be into the late, late by now. Not even the late, late. No, we did like, legitimately, we watched one episode and we went, we have to watch some Gravity Falls to cleanse our palates. Uh, to remind us what good writing is like. Second, like I just mentioned, Gravity Falls, always spectacular. I will need an update from Jordan, which I'm sure he'll be happy to give us about his Gravity Falls watching. Um, I attempted to watch Vamps. Vamps? Yeah, it's a, a movie about vampires in New York. It has uh, Alicia Silverstone and I can't remember her name, but the actress who played, oh no, um, who played Jessica Jones? Oh, Kristen Ritter. Yes, but much before playing Jessica Jones. Um, I could not. I don't know. Maybe it's a classic. Maybe people love it. Um, but I couldn't I couldn't really get into it. Um, I also watched the movie Coco again and James and the Giant Peach. Both fantastic. Um, and I'm conti- continuing to read Budgeting 101. That's everything. All right. Well, I really don't have much to say, friends, because I I have two things that I spend my time when I'm not working or being cute. One is Genshin Impact. Still trucking away on that. But I don't really have much to say about it because, like I mentioned last week, it's very much a um, you can just kind of meander and do whatever without ever touching the main plot. So that's kind of what I do. Um, right. I am hitting the point where if you want to max out like all your characters, that's going to become more of a grind. Um, and I know I've read a lot of articles lately about the, especially the Western media that is maybe not super familiar with an Asian gacha game style mechanic really kind of bristling against, especially if you're into like the upper, upper levels of trying to like max out your weapons and your characters, like that grind becomes near impossible. Or you just have to have the patience to like, all these games will always have like an energy meter. Like they throttle how much you can do at any one time. They don't want you to play forever. It's very rare that they allow that sort of thing. Sometimes it's very generous on how much energy or stamina you get. And sometimes it's really like throttled and you hit a point in Genshin Impact where to play the dungeons that get you the materials you need, those are tied to the, um, like the resin, which is your limited stamina, your finite stamina that regenerates fully every like 16 hours. So if you're, you know, level 40, you might blow through all that stamina in like half an hour. And then if you've done everything else, it's going to be like, well, see you tomorrow, Genshin Impact. Which is sometimes, like in mobile versions of these games, that's pretty standard. Like when I was playing Epic 7, I play Epic 7 for like 20 minutes and then I'd be done for the day. Bye, see you tomorrow, I'll get my dailies. And it's kind of how I'm playing Genshin Impact now. If you're not used to that, right. it's probably very irritating. Like I understand that it would be irritating. Um, but I did also realize, normally on all of these, the mechanic is if you 
pull one gacha, it's whatever, solo yellow. But if you pull 10, you're guaranteed a rarer item. I didn't realize that in Genshin Impact, the gacha is like, you'll get a rare item every 10 pulls, whether it's a single pull or the bulk 10 pull. So, oh. scratch, scratching that gambling itch more frequently, Kate. Oh, no. I just, <laughs> I just got a new person this afternoon. Um, it's still free. You can still play it for free. You never have to spend a dollar. I still only have spent $7 on the game. And it's soups fun. Dogs are barking. Chauncey, is that, is that you? <laughs> Have you come to give us comfort in our time of need? So that's the first thing I spend my evening hours partaking in. So I was on evenings last week, which meant it was, you know, I wake up without an alarm, which is so delightful. And then uh, I, oh yeah. And then I, you know, make my breakfast, watch, you know, viral clips from the day before, get caught up on the news, and it's time to get ready to go for work. And when I get home, it's maybe just before midnight. So if I haven't done my dailies on Genshin Impact already, I'll do that. That's like a half an hour. And then I just want something really that I can, you know, burn down quick and enjoy and will be nice. So friends, I'm going to try to avoid turning this show just into a Gravity Falls recap podcast for the remainder of the calendar year, but (laughs) it might happen. Yeah! <laughs> I'm not... a 10 now in your face, Jordan. Oh my god, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm just going to give you two moments from recent episodes I have watched that have delighted me. One was just the fact when I believe they were talking about... Uh, what the hell's his name? Richie? Is that his name? The Boyfriend? Uh, Wendy's admirer, Ricky Richie. He's voiced by TJ Miller, which I mean on brand. Um, And Dipper and Seuss are discussing how they don't really like him. And Seuss goes, yeah, he's always calling me big guy. I mean, like, I get it. I'm a big guy, but still kind of hurts. Like, yes, that guy gets it. Don't ever call fat people big guy. Not a term of affection. We hate you and we want to kill you. <laughs> Literal murder. <laughs> um, it was that joke. And it was the... <laughs> on the surface, it's not that... You know, it's an episode where the premise is... The character from Dipper's favorite 2D fighting game... Comes out into the re- real world. And Dipper is about to have a physical altercation with Richie... And recruits this character to fight in his place. (laughs) The character who only understands motivations like, did he kill your father? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did not kill my father. (laughs) Like, I will defend you. And they're walking along the street. It was, sorry, two moments. is when he needs, the character needs food and Dipper finds a taco in the fridge. He's like, I mean, I have a half-eaten taco. Put it on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) So he can pick it up. And then it's, they're walking along the street and I don't know what he says. He's like, I'll attack him with this. And he's holding a giant fucking plumber's pipe. And Tipper's like, where did you get that? I punched an oil drum. Yep. Which if you've ever played fucking Streets of Rage or Final Fight or any of those games, like that's what happens. There are fucking oil drums in the street. You punch them, you get weapons. <laughs> Tipper's like, give me that. He takes it and he throws it away. <laughs> and then there's a katana lying in the street. 
it was like the trash in this town is so dangerous. And then 20 minutes later, when he's chasing Richie. Robbie. Robbie. His name's Robbie. <laughs> um, he's chasing Robbie. And you see this, like, father and a son. And the father's like, happy birthday, son. A new card. Dad, I love you. And suddenly the character jumps out and is like, special stage. <laughs> he just, like, demolishes the car. Those are, like, those jokes are for older people. Like, which is what this show does all the time. Like. Yeah. The premise of the jokes, you know, the premise of the show and the lessons, you know, Dipper and Mabel want different rooms and they're growing apart, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, those are the lessons for kids. Jokes about like, you know, 20 year old video games are for the old fucks to enjoy. And it's still super funny. It has totally supplanted any other wallpaper sitcom I had going at the time. I already agree with Kate that when I'm done this, I'm going to be very upset, although... I'm kind of burning through them just so I can see Gideon get his. You you don't even you don't even know. Do I not even, know, even know, Kate? Do I not you even, don't even know? know? <laughs> also, I forgot, and not as important as Gravity Falls, but I forgot that I watched the first episode of Discovery last week. Um, season three. Yes, season three. So yeah. Uh, how how was it? How are we feeling? Well, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see what happens. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, Gravity Falls is still dope. Um, Caitlin's telling me I don't even know. I did see, like, a random. So now, you know, YouTube is all, like, you know, I have to, like, avoid my YouTube page because it's just full of, like, here's this clip from Gravity Falls. No, YouTube. No. No. Stay away. But there was one where it was a clip of Alex Hirsch going, like, next episode, I mean, it's just another, it's just another episode filled with dumb jokes for kids. And then it cut to, like, a montage of, like, what I'm sure are the darker moments from season two. <laughs> like. Yeah. Saying, ha ha, this show's not a dumb show for kids. It's actually super dark. Like, one, one, one image of a character just, like, you know, being split into the layers of his body. <laughs> like. That's so good. Like, I got that look to look forward to. Anyway. I'm sure I'll be giving you Gravity Falls updates for the next, like, three weeks. But, yeah. It's dope. And I believe with that, we will take a break right here. And when we come back. We gonna wrap up the spoop season. Little vampires versus the Bronx. BX all day in the building. Get into that when we come back from this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other, but not this week. Nope. Because we brought each other the same thing. Well, I kind of was like, we're watching this. And Jordan was like, okay. Jordan went, ooh. That is, of course, Vampires vs. the Bronx. I saw this on my Netflix. I thought it looked like good fun. It reminded me of Tax Good fun. Good fun. But we still have some rules. Uh, technically we have the rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts, you watch the whole thing, but the thing did not come in parts, so we, but we ended up watching the whole thing anyways, um, which is what we do with movies. The second rule, which is applicable, is hashtag save it for the pod, which is we will not talk about the thing that we have watched, read, or consumed before we are sitting in front of these microphones, which we did not do. No. I don't even know if Jordan watched it. I have no idea. And we do this so that we can give you guys 
the hottest it takes. The hottest. The hottest. We don't want to leave you out there with, like, stale-ass takes. That would be terrible. And because this is actually relevant, because it's from this year, it's, like, extra hot. It's, it's very rare. It is very rare. We're old, and we like old stuff. Mm-hmm. Finally, the last rule, which isn't really a, a rule, it's more of a uh, policy, is that there will be spoilers. Yes. If you were like, no, don't spoil this spoopy 2020 Netflix released movie for me in the nicest way possible. No ill will behind it. Get the fuck out. Girl, bye. Bye. Uh, Grab, you know, a nice cup of cocoa. Have a cookie. Watch some Gravity Falls. There's lots of things that you can do. But you can't stay here. Because we're going to spoil some shit. Yeah. And with that, Jordan, tell us about Vampires vs. the Bronx. Oh my god. Vampires vs. the Bronx is a 2020 American comedy horror directed by Osmani Rodriguez and written by Osmani Rodriguez and Blaze Hemingway. The film follows a group of teenagers who are forced to protect their neighborhood in the Bronx when a gathering of vampires invades. It stars Jaden Michael, Gerald W. Jones III, and Gregory Diaz IV. It was released on October 2nd, a scant three weeks ago, on your Netflixes. Further expounding the premise here, courtesy of Wikipedia, Vampires vs. the Bronx begins when gentrification from an unlikely and deadly source creeps into the Bronx. A group of teenage friends rally to save their beloved bodega and fight against a supernatural force intent on taking over their home at all costs. Yeah. Kate. Yeah. What did you think of this? I thought it was fun. Also, Method Man. Also, the Kid Mero from Jesus and Mero. Yes. Probably more important. Play, but also, play, I was just, playing a I was very, surprised to see Method Man. He didn't really do much, but yeah, he was there. I was very surprised to see Mero show up for such a like important role in the film. But but he was good. Essentially playing a version of himself, but I mean, he's very charismatic and entertaining, so just have him do that. But, and some actors make a living out of that. That, so... is, that is correct. As long as we need charming and charismatic Dominican people... The Kid Mero's probably only, always going to have a job. Um, so you were okay with this? Would you say it was good, or are you just like, it was great? Uh, it wasn't great. Um, it was it was fun. I think if I was a teenager or junior high-ish age, I would have loved this movie. Um, I wanted the, the story was good. I wanted the writing to be better. If that makes any sense. It does. Um, The Lost Boys, this ain't. It's playing with some interesting ideas, but I don't know that our young actors were quite up to it. And yeah, the writing was... I don't know how to describe it. Like, you're right. You're correct in saying that, like, the writing feels like it should be better. And I feel like they didn't want to tell this story as a vampire story. They just kind of put vampires into it to... Yeah. To add some extra I mean, to add some extra sauce. There was fun bits and like I said, it was it was a fun watch. Um it just wasn't like I don't know, they they just they it's I almost felt like they missed a bunch of opportunities. Um the stuff about Blade was great. 
I almost felt like they should watch. They should have watched more vampire films. Yes. Um, like that was a missed opportunity because they did the like holy water balloon thing, like from *Dust Till Dawn*. I mean, then they used condoms, but still, same premise. I don't know. I just it it was it was good. I actually encourage people to watch it because it's fun. Um, there is no goriness. There's no scariness. No, no, none of that. Basically, the premise is that, or the angle that they're trying to work is the vampires. I might have been zoning out when she like explained her. First of all, the the kind white woman that you meet early in the movie. It's, it's my favorite line: "Telegraph from space that she's going to be the big bad by the oh, end yeah. of it." Um, but. They're playing with this notion that, like, the vampires need a home where they can kind of be left alone. So, under the guise of a predatory real estate firm, they're buying up businesses. They're not buying up anything. They're just, you know, getting these people to sell and then, you know, murdering them and taking their property so they can start putting, you know, vampire nests in it. Because it's easy to do in a place where no one cares if people disappear. That's yeah. kind of a heady approach to take on this. Um, but I feel like trying to get a do that premise from a kid's perspective, like maybe was not the angle. Um, I feel like it was explained way too late why they care so much about this bodega. Right. Or like why everyone's cool with just, <laughs> it's like a bodega is like a, it's a convenience store, basically. It's like a market convenience store. And it's explained way too late that, like, it was basically the place they went and hung out that kept them out of trouble growing up when their moms were working type of thing. And Tony became, like, a surrogate big brother father figure for them. Um, but that's explained, like, two-thirds through the movie. The first two-thirds, I'm sitting there like, why is this young man, like, plastering his neighborhood trying to save this bodega? and like, holding block parties and stuff. Um, there's this other side story about what is, what's the one friend? Luis is the nerdy kid. Lil Mayer's our main character. What's the third one's name? Do we recall? Luis? I thought Luis was the nerdy kid with the bad, with the bad, uh, oh, blood sugar. Oh, sorry. Uh, they, you're talking with the three guys, right? Yes. Bobby. Bobby's our... Bobby, yeah, Miguel, Bobby, and Luis. Miguel, Bobby, and Luis. Um, Bobby's got this, like, side plot about, like, getting enticed by the call of the street type of thing, which doesn't really go anywhere. Um, You're going to end up shot in the street just like your daddy. Don't bring my daddy into this. This is coming somewhat out of nowhere. Um, But ultimately, the movie doesn't need to care about that because it's a pulpy... I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that if you were, you know, in the eighth grade, you'd probably love this movie. Oh, yeah. This movie like, would be dope I as shit. Like, I'm, this is why I said, like, no gore, no, like, scares whatsoever. So, definitely if you have kids who are 10, 11, 12, 13, like, they can definitely watch this film. And I think they'd love it. And again, it wasn't horrible at all. It just, it, it was very formulaic in some places. Mm. The writing, I wanted to be better because I think it could have been better easily. Um, and, but I liked, I liked the characters. Um, I liked their, 
you I I thought there was actually a real like chemistry between the three guys. I'll give you that. Yeah, um, the friendship of the three main characters I I dug. Um Yeah. Um I was very sad um when Tony played by <laughs> Mero um died. Um I was very very upset. <laughs> um I was just like no. Uh and you know, it's fun when the community comes together, but there was a like I know a lot of people have said, oh, it's like Attack the Block, but with vampires. But it's not. Attack the Block was, there was like a, a much more dark version. Mm. Um, this was much more fun. I think, like I said, there there could have been more moments uh, of them. Like one of my favorite standout moments of the film was when uh, Miguel's mom is talking to Tony and she's like, you let him watch Blade. And Tony's like, Blade? What's Blade? And she has the video of the three of them at the bodega being like, I am Blade! Uh, using, like, the, you know, the the mop as, like, a sword. That was funny, right? Well, and, yeah, follow I up wanted- by that was his, his immediate response was like, yo, he paid for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wanted more moments like that. Um and unfortunately, I didn't get them. But again, it was a good film. I'm not. We're not trying to rag on it. But it just. We've seen a lot of films. It's not doing um, anything. When they're rattling off the like, a movie, a genre movie like this has to establish the rules that it's working with, right? And like, you know, they yeah. establish early on that they are not tinkering with the vampire mythos. Everything you know about vampires applies in this movie. Like, there's no. Sometimes they tinker with things where, like, you know, religious artifacts don't work on vampires in some in some takes. In other takes, they can be in sunlight, but they just, like, weakens them a little bit. It doesn't, like, burn them alive type of thing. This does, like, this is straight, like, Salem's Lot rules of vampirism, right? Like, everything you think you know about vampires applies in this movie. So I guess that's why it's, like, you had, like, a smart, heady idea with the whole idea of, like, commentary on gentrification. But this isn't like, yeah. you know, Romero's Dawn of the Dead type of thing where you're using zombies to, like, really comment on social issues. I think I think it was aiming for that a little bit, but it didn't quite get there. Like, you could have split the baby in half, I think, and gone all in on that idea, like, real hardcore. But that probably wouldn't have been as fun a movie. Or you could just do, like, a much more – you just could have done the fun movie about the kids in the Bronx and looked more at, like, the family stuff and, you know, Bobby's, you know – temptation to run the streets with Henny type of thing, like, and just having, like, the vampires, like, exist? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there is a way to do both. I th- I thought that was fine. I thought that, you know, vampire gentrification was fine. Like, the, like, merging the ideas. I just think interspersed with more fun bits, a rearranging of some of the story... And and some snappier dialogue, and not falling into certain tropes about stuff. I think that would have improved it. But for a film that's like targeted to like tweens, I think it's great. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tween. Listen, she has to be in ninety minutes. You know, I love that. Oh yeah, I knew you were gonna love that. <laughs> I was like, all right, time to settle into this. What's the runtime? Ooh, hour twenty six. Yes, please. Um, I will also shout out two moments 
I apologize. I don't know both their names, but one of their one of them is played by Chris Red from SNL, who I think is still on SNL. He might not be, but he's been on SNL in seasons past. Just as two of the like block boys who just kind of like hang out all day, like maybe they don't have a job. They just kind of you know hang out on chairs outside the bodega and like bullshit with people passing by type of thing. You know, playing cards and whatnot. And it's a moment where yeah, I don't know what they've been they've been scared of or something, but you know they're these two guys are heckling Miguel and he stops and he's like something is happening in this in this neighborhood and you need to keep your eyes open and he like runs away <laughs> and the Chris Red character is just like yo shorty that was mad vague yeah <laughs> I dug that and I also dug when you know his Miguel's crush who you see a few times through the movie finally like kind of joins up with them as like a B squad member like she joins she joins the party sooner than the entire neighborhood and seems to know something about, you know, the lore. And when Miguel's like, you believe us? <laughs> She's like, I'm Haitian. My grandmother's been preparing me for this my whole life. Yeah, I love that. Like, that that was a nice touch. So we'll have these flashes where you're like, okay. But I just didn't think it quite held together. But, again, I think you were totally right when you said, you know, if you're 12 or 13, if you're having your, like, seventh grade Halloween party. Yeah, absolutely. Throw this on. You're going to love it. Like, yeah. Also, all the boys are very cute. I mean, yes. I mean, not the best actors, but they're all very cute. Um, what? I thought they were great actors. I didn't think the lead kid was, I thought the lead kid what? was, I thought the lead kid was getting outshined by the other two. Okay. First, okay. I do like that. Um, Louise, he had the highest kill count. <laughs> I also, that was my other thing. I was like watching it this morning. I'm just like, that, they are mad chill of just like straight merkin vampires. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where it's like, it's like, oh no, I'm scared of everything because I'm 12. But let me just stab this dude in the chest with a stake. Like that's super chill. Yeah, I think that's, I, I kind of like that actually. I mean, we've been exposed so much. To, and I like that immediately. Because you find in movies sometimes that characters will be like, what's a vampire? But they were like, oh, no, they're vampires. <laughs> like, they just, they knew right away. Um, I like that. I like that they're a mad show about killing vampires. <laughs> um, go, Louise. Because usually the nerdy kid isn't as, like, competent. Uh, but he was very competent. I also love I also love that his grandmother was, like, standing up to the vampires holding a rolling pin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even know if it's fair giving kick punches. I mean, for me, it's like a six and a half, seven, maybe, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, mine, mine's a seven. Mine's a seven. Why don't we give high fives? Seven high fives. <laughs> seven, high, seven high fives? Yeah. Seven pokes seven with the old fun, seven pokes with the old fun stick for... <laughs> yep. For Vampires versus the Bronx, which is on your Netflix. Get into it. you still got another few days of spoop season. To enjoy your sheltered in place Halloween times. So get into that. Our Halloween times are now over because when we return next week, it's no longer spoop season, Kate. No, it's not. You know what time it is. It is the greatest season of all. Do you hear that rumble? That rumble in the distance? You know what that is? That's just an avalanche approaching you of pure, uncut, fly buzzed feces. <laughs> Crapathon. It's November Crapathon. Total crap. You know what we're going to start you off with, friends? You know what we're going to start you off with? Kate's making me watch. Bat! 
I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that is, but I'm probably going to hate it. And then do you know what Caitlin has? You know, I'm giving Caitlin McKinnon. Oh, friends, I'm coming out hot. Because I asked this woman a question if she had seen something, and she said no. So she's going to watch Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze surf and rob banks next week. <laughs> All my dreams are coming true. Point break, motherfuckers. Ooh. Can not wait. I can't even wait. I'm so excited for the week after. I can't even focus on the week upcoming. Oh, friends, we know you live for it. You got any suggestions for Crapathon? Maybe they're they're just obvious choices that we haven't come across yet. We've done this for like three years now. Maybe you're like, I can't believe you haven't talked about X. Well, let us know what X is. Hit us up on Twitter. Twitter. Let us know what those suggestions are. We take crap from all corners. All corners. All crap is welcome here in the month of November. Friends, thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope you will join us next week for the start of November Crapathon. It truly would mean the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope that you will join us next week for another amazing episode of the Geek Down Podcast. I'm saying some shit because Jordan wanted me to do it, but now I've turned it into a song. It's a rock.